be honored. He is so much more, and he deserves so much more than what we give him. Father, thank you today for your son Jesus. Thank you for what he has done for us. Thank you, Lord, today for your blessings. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Lord, today that I'm healed in my body, that I'm whole today because you have, Lord, you have paid the price. Thank you, Lord, today that I'm saved, that I know who I am in Jesus because he has found me. He has, he has saved me, delivered me, set me free, Lord. I thank you. I give you honor. I give you glory. I give you praise. Lord, I thank you now. Lord, in your mighty name, the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody in God's house said amen, amen, and amen, and amen, and amen. Praise God. You ready for the word this morning? Amen. We, uh, I want to take you to the book of Galatians chapter 6 this morning. The book of Galatians chapter 6. And I'm going to start there, and then I'm going to talk to you on a subject today uh, that we, have, we started last week called, uh, we talked, uh, Seasons That Change, and I'm going to subtitle this this morning, Moments That Matter. Moments That Matter. I want you to stay with me for a few minutes as I work through a little bit of, a, uh, a little bit of some, uh, some things that I need to give to you today that will help you to understand. When we talked and we started talking last week, we talked about in this series as we began that uh, you cannot live in someone else's season. You've got to keep in mind, everyone that's here today, that life is experienced in seasons. Some seasons are good. Some seasons are not so good. Some seasons we'll even pray, God, would you please somehow let me bypass this? Would you let me just collect my $200 and go? But for most of us, we need to understand that even though we're living out life in seasons, not everything's a celebration, and there's a lot in life that's a struggle. Struggles come. Every season has struggles. Everybody hear what I'm telling you? Look at the person next to you, and it doesn't have to be your husband, your wife, your kids. And understand that the person sitting next to you, on the row with you, behind you, in front of you, the one standing here today experiences struggles and seasons of struggle. I'm not talking about the struggles that many times we think that we're experiencing, but I'm talking about the struggles that we can't always see from the outside looking in. We were coming to the house this past week or coming in the house and uh, coming, and there's Christmas trees and decorations and all this stuff up on the house, and you can see these Christmas lights, some of them in the in the outside of the yard and so forth. But I notice that one of the things that you can identify without any problem is that you can see a Christmas tree usually through a window or through a door. And one house we went by and said, oh, I like those doors on that house. And I was trying to think of what it was called. And, and Bethany said it was beveled glass. And, and it, what it was, you can see and make out the fact that the tree is there. And it looks beautiful because the lights are kind of somewhat blurred through the beveled glass. But you really can't see what's going on on the inside. Can I tell you that life can be a lot 
that way. There's most of us that are going through stuff that you can't, it looks okay, on. it looks good on Sunday morning, but sometimes Monday through Saturday, it ain't always good. Some of the things we're dealing with is a struggle, and, and all you see is the blur of pretty lights, but you really can't see the dried up Christmas tree that's flaking off limbs and flaking off stuff. Are y'all with me today? So if you're, you've got to learn and we've got to learn to seize moments. Somebody say moments. Somebody say seconds, minutes, hours. Every second, every minute, every hour that you have is represented by what I'm going to say is a moment. This morning we're having moments of worship. We're going to have moments of worship but if you don't seize the strength from the good seasons of your life, you're going to miss the, or the, even the struggles in your life. You're going to miss the moments where God's trying to call your name and He's trying to do something in your life. If you think that everything in life is good and that, everything, that nothing should be bad, nothing ought to be upside down when you become a Christian, I'm, I promise you, you've missed something. Because many times we will not pray, we will not read our word, we will not, we will not even, we, we will find something else to do other than go to church when we got money in the bank and everything's good and we don't have any worries and the kids are all listening and everything's well. But I'm telling you, when those moments of struggles come in our life, there are moments that God is trying to grow us and call our name and do something in our life that if we take just a minute and listen, we would grow. So today I want to share with you a scripture that Paul writes from Galatians chapter 6, starting in verse 4. Paul's writing about comparing your life with others. He's also telling us about something called sowing and reaping. This morning, and you have been, all of you that have been giving in this legacy offering, you have been sowing seeds. Now, if you don't understand about farming and sowing seeds, if you think that you plant, if you think you plant corn today and you get it on Friday, you've messed up. Because sowing and reaping does not work that way. There's something in the middle that most of us don't like. So let's look at Galatians 6 through 4, uh, 4 through 10 and see if we can find ourselves. He said, Pay careful attention to your own work, to your own self. For then you will get satisfaction of a job well done. Most men that are in here like for our wives to say, baby, that looks good. Sweetheart, that looks good. You did a good job, right? And look at what it says. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. A lot of comparison going on right now. This is my Christmas tree. Let me see what yours looks like. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not knocking that. I know that's something that a lot of times to fulfill people, that's, we, you know, we've got, hey, we did this, it was a good job, we want everybody to see that is the heart and the root of what most people are doing. But I will tell you, there's somebody on the other side of a stream somewhere that their tree doesn't look like this. Or the one you put up at your house, they may not even have one. And they will compare their lives to what they don't have instead of what they do have. Moments. Moments in life. Moments in life. He said, for we are responsible for our own conduct. 
those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things. Why not comparison? You've heard it. I'll say it again. Comparison will kill your contentment. Somebody gets a new car. Somebody gets a new whatever. A new whatever it is. Another one. It may not be new to you. It may not be brand new. It's new to you, but somebody else is going to look, and it's easy to compare that. You've got to understand in these moments, hear what I'm about to tell you. Don't compare your life to someone else. Bo, we can't compare the deer that somebody else is seeing an hour away from the ones we're seeing the other way. I'm going to tell you this. This is just getting the cookies down on the bottom shelf. It's just getting them there. Pastor Ted, you can't compare the deer that you're seeing on your deer stand to a guy 600 yards away on his deer stand. Because I know how deer hunting, we do it, I do it, Pastor Ted does it, we all do it. We take, man, look here, look here, look here. We send them. Right? I mean, that's what we guys do. We don't compare Christmas trees. We can compare bicycles, shoes, come on, guns, and deers, especially the ones that's got antlers on them. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Come on, somebody. Y'all, y'all don't, don't be religious this morning. Amen? Help me out here a little bit. Don't compare your life to someone else's life. Verse 7, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always look at this harvest. You're going to reap what you plant. One translation says you're going to reap what you sow. It's true what you do in life. You reap what you sow. It's true what you, uh, what you give. You will sow back. You will reap back. But look at what it says. Those who live to satisfy their own sinful natures will harvest only de decay and death from the sinful nature. It spiritually works this way too. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everything in life from the Spirit. So let us not get uh, tired in doing what is good. Somebody said we need to do some stuff that's good. It's at the right time that we're going to reap. Somebody say the word time. A harvest of blessings if we do not give up. Therefore, whenever, whenever I can find an opportunity, whenever God provides a moment, somebody say a moment, that I can do good, I ought to do good, not just to the people I like, but the Word says to everyone. Heard a story real quick about a church that was doing these cards and the cards were basically cards that they do around seasonal time, this time of the year. And basically it was the church name on one side. The other side basically was, basically we want to bless you today. We want to do good to you today. We want to do something that you'll remember. And so they went through a Chick-fil-A and they paid for the car behind them. It's food. And the story goes, the pastor said that they wanted to know about it. They got the tag number of the person, found out what church they went to. When it was all said and done, 17 cars back. It kept going until it was finally broken. Can I tell you, not everybody in this world is bad. Not everybody uh, is wanting to do harm to you. Not everybody is trying to do bad. But I'm going to tell you that we as believers need to take the opportunity. Not just, when I say opportunities, I mean moments. Moments that God's putting right in front of us that we ought to do good everyone to everyone. And then he said, especially to those who are in the family of faith. To those that you're trying to do well to. Right now is the right time to do the right thing. 
we made, not the mistake, I'm not going to say the mistake, we made the venture yesterday because we had really something to do and it wasn't necessarily shopping that we needed to do, but we went a little early to take advantage of the opportunity to get a little bit of that shopping that we couldn't really find here. Are y'all with me on that page? And we showed up in town, not this town, to another town. And I'm going to tell you something. You better find opportunities to do the right thing. Because there are people pushing, there are people shoving, pulling out in front of you. Come on, somebody. Flipping you high signs and they aren't waving. Come on, somebody. Cutting you off, honking their horn at you, pulling out in front of you, grabbing stuff away from you. As a believer, you better know, first of all, not only that you're saved, but you better be sanctified before you walk in. And you better be filled with the good Holy Ghost. Because if not... The flesh will rise up, and that opportunity to do good to people will absolutely leave your spirit. You will forget who you are. My wife will tell me, Tony, don't do that. I say, why? She said, there's an RC sticker on the back of our car. I know that. I designed it. Y'all with me, right? So there's certain things in life. And Solomon was saying to us last week, he said, look, that, that you need to understand there's a time for everything. Everything in life, there's a time. He goes through the whole thing. But one of them that he mentioned here is there's a time to sow, there's a time to reap, there's a time to plant. He even says there's a time to uproot. There are people that needed to uproot their summer gardens because they're not going to grow in the fall or the winter so they could plant fall and winter gardens. That's why. So Paul is telling us in Galatians, He's using the same planning analogy, and what he's telling us is that life in itself, read these scriptures for you, are all about seeds. Somebody say seeds. They're all about time. That's a word that all of us don't really like because we want seed and we want harvest. We want to plant and we want to reap. Are y'all with me? We don't get that, but for and the reason for that is because I'm going to tell you in the scriptures, this is just teaching to you right now, God was not a mathematician. He was a farmer. Read the Bible anywhere you want to read it, and most of the illustrations that are given are about farming. It's about a farmer planting. He's sowing seeds. He goes to bed. Read Mark's gospel. He goes to bed. He sows the seed. He gets up. He rises. He eats. He waters that seed. He goes back to bed again. He gets back up. The blade comes forth. Then the ear. Then the kernels on that ear. And the Bible says, and he knows not how. I'm going to tell you why he doesn't know how. It is not his business to know how it grows. It is God's business. Are you hearing me? Because God's all about planting or sowing. He's all about sowing. And there's a time between sowing and reaping that most of us don't like. We'd rather go to the store and buy it off the shelf some, sometimes. So that equation is the formula, the word that's in there is the time. We naturally as humans want to plant seeds and reap a harvest now. We don't, we don't mind. We don't mind. Pastor, if God's going to bless me in an offering, I just want to be able to give it, and then Monday afternoon when the mail runs, the check be in the mailbox. You know what I'm going to tell you? I'm going to tell you that that is not how God operates. I heard somebody say it, and I'm going to, talk a little bit later on about this, that God doesn't need our human money, but He does need our human obedience. 
Are you hearing me? Because we're talking about planting, sowing, reaping. It can be your it can be your time. It can be a lot of things. But he's teaching us this too. He said, whatever you do in what you're doing, do it well, but don't grow weary. Don't get tired in what you're doing. Because if you give up, if you quit in the moments that are good and the moments that are bad, let me say this, that are painful, you are never going to reap a harvest. A farmer knows that if he's planting and he is doing, you talk to any farmer who's ever farmed, and I've watched some overseas, man, I don't even know how in the world. They, they dig the field with a foot plow. You don't know what that is? Talk to somebody older than me. A foot plow, that is a miserable way. A foot plow, many of them barefooted to get down. And it'll be not just a little old, we planted a little summer garden behind our house. I'm talking about to feed that community. That'll make you feel so bad because you go and we're able to buy everything that we need and they can't. And they're doing it with a foot. I'm telling you, I've watched it. It is reality. People do it. But yet he's saying to us, look, there are going to be times that your planning is not going to be easy. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to bust new ground. You're going to have to get out the rocks. You're going to have to get the thorns, the thistles, the weeds out. And when you do that, then you're preparing the soil for planting the seed. But even after you plant the seed, that's not over with. There are going to be moments in your life, times in your life, when the harvest will not come the way that you thought it would. It will not come in the time that you thought it would. And you will have have to fight with the weeds even to get it. Don't get weary. I'll give you a little illustration. This, name, this woman by the name of Gretchen Rubin said this about kids. She said, when you're raising children, the days are incredibly long. I've seen one mom to say, amen, pastor. I heard a weak one, but I know there's some stuff. Amen, pastor. Thank you, Shannon. I heard you, baby. I, I, I pray for you. I do. I pray for you. When you're raising kids, children, the days are incredibly long. But look at this. Hear me. The years are short. You're going to look and you're going to turn around and you're going to say, man, where did the time go? But when you're in the moments that are not so good, one of them's throwed up, the other one's got a poopy diaper. Can I say that? He's got a nasty diaper and you've got three or four of them hanging on you wanting something to eat and you don't know which way to turn with a clothes machine running water over the top of it and a dog circling around barking come on somebody and you just wonder where God is at in all of this even though you know he gave these arrows to you because you're a mighty woman of God they're in your hand and sometimes you just want to throw them where is God in the middle of all of this? He promised me this seed, but God, I'm not even sure I want this seed right now. Let me tell you something. When, the, when you're raising them, the days can be incredibly long. But you take a long look at this 50-year-old man who has three grown children who have been out of the house. The least one has been out four years. And I will tell you that the years become short. I'm preaching good to the AARP group. Come on, somebody. Look at this, Psalms 90 and 12. I'm going to preach here in just a minute. I'm trying to get, this, I'm trying to get th this part of it out. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Now, I've read this many times. I've used it many times. I've preached about it, studied it. But I want you to know that the psalmist is not telling us. As a matter of fact, 
Moses is actually the one who wrote these verses, or we believe who does. I don't have time to teach all that to you today. But these particular verses says this. He's not telling you to get a countdown on your phone, put a countdown on your computer, put a countdown calendar up so that you know how much time you have. That's not what he's saying. It's important that you number your days, and that's not what he's saying. I really believe from the research, the study that I've done, it's this. Teach us to count what counts so that we can make the most of the time we have. Say it again. Teach us, God, teach us to count what counts the most so we can make the most of the moments we have. Because if you start pining over what you don't have, what was bad in your life, you will miss God moments in your life where He's trying to call your name and do something good through you. I, I don't know why my child did what they did. I, I don't know why they were uh, hooked on drugs or, or they were addicted to alcohol. I don't understand all of that. I don't understand why all of that happened in my life. But that same child now has been set free, living for Jesus Christ. God delivered them from the addiction. And now they're telling their story that somebody else, come on somebody. I'm preaching better than some of y'all helping me. I'd be up in a chair shouting. Come on. Somebody else can know the story of Jesus Christ. Not just a baby laying in a manger. Come on, somebody. Not just, a, not just a story we tell at Christmas. Not just a fairy tale we tell at Easter. But I'm here to tell you a risen king. A, a, a heavenly priesthood. Come on, somebody. My Jesus, the Savior of the world. The one who took my sins, took your sins, so that you and I can live. If you miss those moments in your life you will also miss God moments where he's trying to call your name and shake your come on somebody shake your tree a little bit and say look you don't know what I'm doing because you don't know the beginning from the end but I see it and I know what I'm about to do just let me have it come on let me let me share something with you I shared this on social media if you saw it fine if you didn't it's okay I'm not asking you to like it it's amazing to me how that you can look at a life's, a year's worth of pictures. This is always amazing. Come on, guys, help me. 2019, some of that maybe 18 mixed in, but that's a screenshot of my phone. Now, for, if I ask you, even to the guys back there sitting looking at that computer, can you tell me what you're seeing there? They might can, Robbie can't because he's like me. He can't see good either. Them kids got good eyes. They might be able to see something in there. And what I've done there, and you can do it too. I'm looking at all photos, and I've zoomed that. I've zoomed that out. I've zoomed it out, so it's basically showing me every photo of that year, and everything in there gets smaller. So the iPhone has a thumbnail, which that's what that would be as a a thumbnail of all of this year put together, but every picture in there is taken of a moment, look at this, that I somehow thought was important enough to document with that phone or a screenshot. Are you hearing me? However, once you get the year in the pick and you understand that everything in time, look at this, is reduced of that whole year in one small thumbnail or what would normally be a full-size photograph on your phone, you recognize, listen to this, that there are represented in these pictures hurtful moments as well as good celebrated moments. 
Oh, you will. I'm going to show you. We all do it. We all have that. Everything you did in a year worth documented is in one small screen. Can you imagine how God looks at our lives? We look at things that are so big, we can't pay this bill because we paid too much out in Christmas or whatever we did come January. You know, you got Black Friday and Blue Monday, right? You know what I'm talking about. Blue Mondays when the credit card stuff comes due is what they tell me. Uh, but listen to me. Here's what I'm telling you. We've got all that stuff there documented in this one small shot of the whole year. Even painful moments are there. We take them. But then we can do something that we do often because we want to find a picture and we do what's called zooming, actually zooming in. And we can see more pictures. Guys, move to the next one. And we see painful moments. I know. Hardest moments. I, we were at a store yesterday, and a lady, and one of those sweet ladies, sweet gray-haired lady. And I have to be careful because I'm getting gray-haired too. And one day I think it might be my thing. But anyway, it looked like what I would look like, you know, if I was that age. And I won't say that age because I don't want to offend anybody because I'm not saying you're old because you can have gray hair and not be old. You can have gray hair and not have wisdom. She's got a nine-pound Yorkie, female Yorkie named Rosie in her basket riding around. It's just her. Happy as a lark. She wasn't riding Rosie because she was disabled, but she was an older lady that it was a longer walk for her and a longer time than she would be able to stand. And I completely got it. I completely understood it. So I stood and talked to her yesterday for a few minutes, and, and I told her, as I picked it, I can't help it. It's just there. Can I, can I hold it? Can I hold Rosie? Oh, yes, she'll let you. And I picked this Yorkie up. And for that moment, for those three to five minutes, I held that Yorkie and I loved it. Because I missed the one I had for 13 years. And nothing will ever replace him. Nothing will ever replace that dog in my life. I will never, I probably will, call, if I get another one, I'll probably end up calling that one the same name. Because you know how you do with your kids. That's just the way that it is. But that was a moment in my life. And that moment hurt, it's painful. Listen to me. These hurtful moments in life are the moments we call just average, normal times. They just, it's just a TikTok. <laughs> we really wished it would, we didn't have to deal with it. We really wish we couldn't pull those memories back up again. But the truth of it is when you zoom in and you see this picture, you find that one moment that's painful, that's hurtful in here. I'm telling you, it'll jab you in the heart, and everything starts coming back. It starts flooding back. The day that you lost her, I know it was 10 days before my, my 50th birthday. I know that without a doubt in my mind. I, I remember this week, this week was five years exactly that I, I lost, uh, uh, would lose my dad, or he would go into the, and never be able to talk to me. I, re I remember those times. Why? Because everything we did within a year, specifically a year, is all in this one screenshot, but we've got these painful moments that sometimes we pull back up. Why are you telling us that, Pastor? Because your perspective changes every season you experience in your life. That's why you take pictures. That's why we call this season of pain. It might have hurt you at the moment, the biggest moment, the worst moment that you've ever been, but I'm going to tell you, God's wanting to help you during the hurting moments as well as he is during the celebrating moments. So how can you number your years with perspective? I'm saying the only way you can do this, hear this real quick, is you got to start with the beginning or you got to start with the end in mind. 
or the beginning of that end in mind. What do you mean? You'll be able to look back on your life and ask yourself, what did these moments mean and look, where did they go? Now, there's a couple things. I've got to share this with you real quick. I've tried to give this lesson before. I'm going to give it to you again. In the time that we've got here today, for the next week, I'm going to give you two points of this, and we're going to finish up. When I say two points, two key things I'm going to give you. But you need to hear this first. In the Greek translation, when we're talking about time, we're talking about seasons, we're talking about moments. There are two words that specifically come up. One is chronos time or chronological or sequential time. Uh, uh, sequential. Thank you, somebody, for saying it. Tick-tock, average, every moment on the clock. See, we're, as we're sitting here, you sat here up here, we're in chronos time. This is time that it, the clock just it just it's ticking by. You're sitting in a deer stand. That's that's chronos time. It's just normal time. It's just the word simply means time, like watching a clock. Where did the time go? Example: We would say stuff like, "I cannot believe that it's three o'clock. It ought to be five o'clock." And then it gets dark outside, and we'll say, "I can't believe it's five o'clock. It seems like it's nine o'clock." Especially at this time. Are you with me? That's, that's chronos time. That's regular time. There's another Greek word called keros time. They'll put that up there, keros time. And keros time is, is the right opportune moment. That's what it means. To make it simple to you, look, everybody here, hear what I'm about to tell you. Keros time is those moments we say, that was a God moment. Th this is different. It isn't the normal TikTok. It isn't the normal every, something happened. Something happened in those moments that I really remember those moments. I mean, I, it's just something that God did. Romans 5 and 6 says, we were utterly helpless. This is a Kairos time. Christ came just at the right time, the most opportune time, and he died for us that are sinners. That's a God moment. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? So Kronos time is measured by minutes. We all have 14, uh, 1,440 minutes in every day. Kairos time is special time when God shows up in a supreme moment and he breaks through the normal everyday chronos time and shows himself in the daily affairs of what we've got going on. Are you hearing me? You know what I'm talking about. God's done some of that. I'm believing for you in what God has got in this year, the rest of this year, and for 2020, I'm believing for more God moments in your life, for more God moments at Refuge Church. Those times when God shows up supremely and we walk out and we say, my goodness, I know pastor didn't get to preach this morning, but man, we needed an altar call like that. We needed to have healing. We needed to have a prayer line. Those are Kairos moments. Those are moments moments you will walk away and go to your job and say you I try to tell them about it and just look at them and say you had to be there I, I, I'm trying to tell you but you really needed to be there that's God moments God moments I'm not going to leave you hanging on that so we zoom out in life now or zoom in we find painful moments and then we find we find Kairos or God moments that's a God moment. To me, that's a God moment right there. That's a God moment that God said, I'm going to reach down, I'm going to do a miracle in the middle of a life and a family, in a church, in a time when they really need to have that moment. But listen to me. I know that in that 
most time, that hurtful, that painful time, those times you did not understand, you couldn't figure it out, you don't know why, you've asked me why, you've tried to figure this out on your own. Can I tell you, it's not your business to figure it out, it's God's business. Because the time you discount something like Chronos time, you're going to miss a God moment in your life. You better learn to praise God even when things are not good and when things are hard and when things are hurtful and when things are painful and when you don't have the money to do what you think you need to do because just around the corner can be a a Kairos time or moment that God wants to bless you. Can somebody just give the Lord praise today? Amen. Amen. Today I declare in your life I want all time to be God's time. So, Pastor, what can I do? Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you two things here as quick as I probably possibly can. And first of all, let me just let you understand that when I wake up every morning, I'm in God's universe. I belong to Him. Every day belongs to Him because God made it. He set the weeks into order. He multiplied them by months. He gave me the years. Listen to me. Every day that I have on this planet is a blessing from God. Every day that you get up and you think, I did this on my own, and you put your feet on the floor, can I tell you, if God didn't breathe out, you wouldn't breathe in. That is a God moment in your life. That's, thank you, Lord. You give me breath today. Hey, I got my feet on the floor out of the bed. You know what? When you get a little older, some of you know this, that's a miracle. It isn't just a blessing, it's a miracle. Hey, I got both of them out. Left sometimes don't want to do what right does. Come on, I get, I get left out or right out of the bed and left don't want to get out of bed. You know what I'm talking about. You understand that. But I'm here to tell you if God owns the universe, we're his children, we belong to him that every moment belongs to him too. And if we'll learn that in those moments, I'm just going to give him praise. David, didn't, David never said, Lord, only in the good times will I praise you. Lord, only in the best times will I give you honor, will I give you glory. David talked about while my enemies are pursuing me, while they've got me in a cave somewhere, when they have plundered and taken my, my family and they've taken everything I've got, I'm going to just pull myself up by the bootstraps and I'm going to give God praise anyhow because I know this is a moment that's going to turn around and I can't see the whole plan of God, but I'm telling you, I won't just be king over part of Israel. I'm going to be king over all of Israel. Come on, because God has a moment. He promised it. Amen. Amen. So what do I do, Pastor? Number one, this is it. Two lessons, two takeaways that you need to do. Live in every moment. Life is mostly lived in sowing and rarely reaping. You're going to... You're going to spend more time sowing than you normally do reaping. Believe me. Galatians 6, verse 9, first part of that verse, says, let us not get tired of what is doing good. Pastor, you done told us that. I know that, but I need to tell you again. Let us not get tired of doing what is good. You see, it's easy to get weary in just the normal, everyday run of the mill. Monday mornings. I'm going to tell you, keep planting seeds because there is always a harvest to reap. If God's a farmer and he keeps his promises, can I tell you, if you'll keep sowing, you will keep reaping. Decisions are seeds. This is one of those that it's worth. Decisions are seeds. Attitudes are seeds. Prayers are seeds. Thoughts are seeds. But hear me. All will 
person that looks for the quick results and planting the seeds of well-doing is going to be disappointed. If I want potatoes for dinner tomorrow, it's going to do me little good to go out tonight and put uh, potato seeds in my garden. Come on, y'all help me here. Eugene Peterson said this in the Message Bible. He said, long stretches of darkness and invisibility and silence separate, look at this, planting from reaping. When a person plants seed, he has time. Somebody say time. He actually has time, 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 like a chronos. It's the average tick of a clock. When you plant seed, you've got time. There's a chronos time, a seed on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Seed planting seems monotonous. It seems like something. Why should we do this? Because growth is invisible, but the harvest is inevitable. Seed is important. Planting is important. And the harvest is important. And God wants you to understand that you're living in chronos time, which means sometimes it seems unproductive. And then he says, I want to bring you in to my moments, Kairos moments, to develop a spirit of patience and perseverance in you. And I want you to wait on a promise that's going to materialize in your life. But you've got to depend on me in those moments that it doesn't seem good. Do you, do you trust God in everyday moments? And do you recognize the God moments? Sometimes we miss the God moments because we don't know what we're looking for. When we, when Jesus, when God sent Jesus to die for your sins, He redeemed every moment of your life and made them God moments. God is in you. He's working all around you. Even when you can't see Him, He's here. That's why I said this morning in the prayer, we pray, we want something to be like, you know, Lord, uh, we want heaven here on earth. Lord, if you were here, Jesus, if you would show up, then we would worship different. He is here. If we believe that, He is here. Come on, He said He would send His Spirit. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you. Jesus said, i got to go away so the Spirit can come. That's the Spirit of God. That's the third person of the Godhead Trinity that says, I'm going to show up in your life and I'm not going to leave. I'm walking with you. I'm the one giving you the counsel. I'm the one giving you the wisdom. Come on, somebody. When you think you're doing it on your own, you made that smart business decision on your own, and the Holy Spirit said, hey, don't forget I'm standing right here with you. I made sure that you knew what to do, what you needed to say. Maybe you need something special this week. Maybe you feel weary. Maybe you're down. Maybe there's something that was said in this service that made you feel like, hey, this was a God moment for me. But maybe you've not had that moment. I'm going to tell you this. Don't just sit and wait for those moments. I'm going to ask you to do something. If you sit and wait on them, you might miss the moment. But I'm going to tell you, start praying and waiting for it. Believe God. You can't see the seed in the soil, and many times you can't see God's hand while it's at work in your life. It's the same way. But, but, but don't wait. Don't wait on the pastor to sit down beside you. Don't wait on the leader to sit down beside you and give you a word. When God has given you a standing invitation to come, all who are weary, come unto me. All you that labor, come unto me. He said, knock, and the door would be open. I'm telling you today that God wants that you to have a God moment in your life. Open your Bible up. Read the word. See what he says to you. If, if there's God moments, then realize that God was the God in the beginning and he'll be God in the end and in every moment. 
even those that seem they're not. Second, second thing, I'm telling you, let me close with this. Second thing is this. I'm going to call it buying back the moment, redeeming the time, redeeming the moment. The word redemption, if you don't understand that, most of us think it means buying. Somebody, some of us got on the subject the other day. If you're too young, you don't know what this is, ask your mama or your grandmother. There used to be this thing called uh, S&H Dream Stamps. Anybody remember those? Come on. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all AARP folks and those headed that way. Slip your hand up and give me a witness. And you go to the grocery store, and you buy this. Your mama would buy this stuff, and they give you these little books. And about the, I, what I remembered, you know, it was a little book, and white, kind of a plain or off-white looking book. And on the inside of it, when you get done for the dollar amount you did, they push this button, the ones I remember, and it swings what we remember as a telephone. <laughs> they go around, and it would spit out these certain amount of stamps. And they'd pull those stamps out, and the part that I hated the most was when the day we had to lick them and put them in that book. If we'd have had the Internet now, we would never lick those stamps. Somebody put a hack up. Knowing them roaches been crawling all over them stamps. <laughs> Come on, guys. That ain't no worse than gumbo on a flip-flop. <laughs> anyway, if you missed that message, you need to go back. Jesus, <laughs> gumbo on a flip-flop. Amen. We got it out there. Hear me. We would put those stamps in those books, and the reason they did that was because they wanted you to keep what we used to say in the old days, trading list, shopping list. And when you would buy those groceries, they give you those green stamps. They had a sign on a, on a thing that would hang out front, and it would say, you know, it was S and H, and it was a green stamp sign. I can still see it in my head. And they'd put that thing up, and see, your mom would shop there, get the green stamps. You'd lick them and put them in the book. And after you got a bazillion of them, you could get a toaster. <laughs> you redeemed the books. You turned them back in. And for all of those stamps, they said, we're going to send you a toaster. You're going to get a toaster. It took you $100,000 in 10 years to get them, but we're going to give you a toaster. Not quite. It almost seems that way. So when I say buying back the moment, you say, Pastor, how in the world can we buy back the moment? Ephesians 5.16 says this, Make the moments, mom, most of every opportunity in these evil days. The King James reads like this, Redeeming the time because the days are evil. The message isn't about having more time so we can see how much we can cram into our calendar and our to-do list and on our iCalendars and our iPhones. We need to understand that we're spending our lives, our living, li living, running around like we have an emergency and we really don't. I promise you yesterday, it was not emergency that most people almost run over me or out in front of me. Come on, somebody. Kirkland's had 60% off, and they needed to get in there and get something they could have bought cheaper. Come on, somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about before they put the 60% on it. Y'all know how that works. Y'all hearing what I'm telling you? But we running around and folks running around like there's some kind of emergency. Can I tell you that the spirit of emergency is the enemy of divine opportunity? Let me tell you why. You ready? Here it is. I'm closing. Guys, I'm getting ready. Yesterday, we went into a store. We walked out. Bethany went one way to grab a cookbook and sat down. We're in a sporting goods store, so that'll tell you that was not her entrance, except the cookbook and recliner. And I walked another direction 
Because I smell the whiffing and the wafing of popcorn. And it's still three hours till we got to eat, get to eat, before we leave. So I walk over to find this maze of people. I'm not looking for a boat. I'm not looking for a fishing rod. I'm not looking for a gun. I'm looking for a dollar box of popcorn. Y'all understand that? That's what football terms are. I am intercepted by a young man about that tall. And he said, sir, this is the honest before God story. I'm, I'm about to close, guys. Get ready. Sir, how can I pray for you today? I'm looking for characters. I'm looking for a ministry team. I'm looking for somebody who's leading this child, who's, who's put him there. He, they're there on mission. I tell you what, I said, there's a lot of prayer requests that I could give to you, but I said, I pastor a small church over in Vicksburg, Mississippi, and I really need God's heart and wisdom on how to lead you. That's what I told him. You know, when he looked back at me, he said, he said, can I ask your first name? That was his next name. I said, yeah, sure. My name's Tom. He said, my name's Jacob. This boy's not over 12. Said, he said, I commenced praying for you. I want you to know that. That's what we did. We prayed for him. He said, can I ask you another question? He said, do you understand what's happening in your life? Buddy, I'm 50 years old. I check my pulse the days I get up and don't have any. That wasn't really what I told him, but I did. I told him, yeah, I, I do. From time to time, I do have. He said, well, I might pray over you and to you during your life. He said, I got one more question I want to ask you. And I love the way that he did this. This is the 12-year-old in the heart of the 12-year-old. This is Kalos moment. That I could have been on a mission and said, buddy, I don't want to pray over you. He said, he said, can I ask you, if you would die today, this is, this is, and listen to me, okay? He said, would you go here or here? He didn't say heaven or hell. That was his 12-year-old way. He knew I would understand whether I go here or here. I'm telling you, my heart was like torn. I was like feeling guilty. I wanted to go put the popcorn, sacrifice it to the Lord, go out in the cold to find a rock to kneel down and say, Lord, forgive me because I have failed you reaching the lost. Kairos moment. Not a TikTok. Because this young man, I still, I cannot find one person around him that I think is his parents or somebody leading him. I told him, he said, his name is, I'll give you the initials, Jacob. And I'm going to tell you today, I know for a fact Jesus Christ is my Lord
ask ourselves, why did this baby come? Why did this Jesus come? Why did he come in a manger? Why did he choose to do it that way? Because he had to be touched with the feelings of our infirmity. He had to understand what it's like as a human to have painful moments in life. Moments that made us cry. Moments that hurt. Moments of loss. Moments that we don't understand so we so he could understand the moments of celebration that we would need. Would you stand with me? Father, I thank you today. Lord, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for your blessings today. Lord, I'm asking you today to teach us to redeem time. Lord, I pray that you would move in among us today. Lord, I pray that you would sit down, Lord, with that person at work, that child maybe that's doing homework, God. 